why did you shape me like this? Isn't it obvious that a potter has a perfect right to shape one lump of clay into a vase for holding flowers and another into a pot for cooking beans? If God needs one style of pottery, especially designed to show his angry displeasure, and another style carefully crafted to show his glorious goodness, isn't that all right? Either or both happen to Jews. But it also happened to other people. Hosea puts it well. He says, I call nobodies and make them somebody. I call the unloved, the unloved, and, and make them beloved. In the place where they yelled out, you're nobody, they're calling you God's living children. Isaiah maintained this same emphasis. In each grain of sand on the seashore, the numbers and the sum of labels chosen, God, chosen of God, they be numbers still, not names. Salvation comes by personal selection. God doesn't count us, he calls us by name. We'll stop right there. For a topic and a tag for tonight, in the fire. In the fire, if it takes you. It's interesting. <laughs> it's interesting when we had the conversation for tonight's service, the original conversation, we talked for a little bit and you gave me the backdrop of what was going on. Mm -hmm. We hung up and I started praying and God quickly threw me into looking at fire and clay. He began to speak to me quickly about the aspect of the fire and the purpose of the fire. And as I was studying and as I was praying and as he was speaking, he kept referring me back to the Old Testament of the brazing altar. Yes. And that was just for me to get an understanding of the importance and the power of the fire. But then he brought me and made me look at the aspect of clay. And this is where we fell into this particular text. And as I was studying this particular text, I was looking at different videos of potters. And as they would do different things, they would find one simple lump of clay. And they would work with this one simple lump of clay and they would mold it into something so magnificent and so beautiful by just a simple lump of clay. Come on. The two things that remained uh, 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 consistent in all of the videos that I watched was the clay and the fire. Mm. If the potter was making a vase, there was clay yeah. and there was fire. If the potter was making a pot that you just simply throw dirt in, there was clay and there was fire. And I looked and I said, God, I see what the potter has to do in order to build what is purposed for it to be. Mm -hmm. So it made me now look at us 
as believers. In that six-minute clip, it showed an expedited version of what the potter had to do to create what we simply buy in stores. But as I studied and I looked, it says that one base can take up to four weeks to make. So we go into Marshalls and Home Goods and all these wonderful stores and we buy these vases. And in our minds, it can't be that difficult to make this vase. Why does it cost so much? But we don't understand and realize the time and the cost it took the potter to make the vase. Right, right. I'm preaching already, man. Yeah, nah, this is good. This is good. So I studied this thing. Mm-hmm. And I looked at this thing. And it amazed me because it rightly connects to us as believers. Yes, yes. yes. We look at something and we see someone. We, we see the preachers. We see the worship leaders. We see all these individuals that stand before us and do all of these things not realizing the time and the cost it took to make that base. So let's look at this text. Let's look, let's look at this text. This particular text This particular text was a conversation between the Jews and Paul. They were questioning who God is. And Paul being one of my favorite cousins, because see, that's the problem. We just look at people as characters in the Bible. If we start relating to them, maybe we can understand why we act the way we act, right? So Paul being one of my favorite cousins, He simply stopped them in their tracks. And he says, how dare you question who God is? Does God not have the right to make a vase that can hold beautiful flowers? And another vase that we may discard and not have too much right with because it doesn't look as beautiful as the one holding the flower. Doesn't God have that right? And this is, the, this, this is the part of the text that I love when he says, how so can the clay say to the potter, take this feed out for me? There's no way. Is it better if I use the other way? Is this weaker? How so can the clay say to the potter, why did you make me? Let's stop right there for a moment. How often in our personal time, Mm -hmm. when we sit and we reflect and we look at who we are and our vulnerability and our our nudity of spirit between, between us and God, do we have these conversations and say, why did you make me like this? We live in a society today where how I am is not good enough. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I try to find many other outlets to make me into something outside of what God purposed me to be. So I begin to do my hair according to what society 
will say is acceptable. Come on. I begin to dress according to what society says is acceptable. Yes. Not never going back to the potter and asking the potter, what am I supposed to be? Come on. But we sit and we wonder and we communicate and we take these moments and say, God, why did you make me like this? Yes, yes. We sit in our ignorance and we compare ourselves amongst ourselves because we're trying to be what we see instead of being what we're called to be. Why did you make me like this? Why did you fashion me the way you made me? Why did you birth me into the family that I came in? Why did I have to come up so hard? Why were things in my life so difficult? God, why did you make me like this? But see, we need some pause in our life. Yeah, yeah, yes. Right. We need we need some pause in our life that can get us together. Right. That can make us see God made you the way He made you for a reason. Yes. Right. You were created and crafted for a reason. You may not hold flowers, but what's your purpose and, and, and created to hold may be far greater than some roses. Wow. So I was looking, I told you, I studied this thing. I, I really did, I got into it, I got into it. Yeah. Um, you know, I have this, um, what I call, nourish side, <laughs> where I like to read sometimes. <laughs> and my points are gonna draw all of this together. Yeah. As I looked and I studied, the process of making a vase. So crazy, these two vases are sitting there, I swear. <laughs> when I looked and I studied the process of making a vase, the process began to preach to me just as loud as the text did. Mm -hmm. So let's look at these points. The first point and the first thing that a potter does to the clay is he centers the clay. This is the point where the clay gets put on the wheel. Mm -hmm. This is the point where the clay has all kinds of imperfections, all kinds of things that you can see, uh, all kinds of all kinds of scars. Uh, I was talking about us. All kinds of rocks, all kinds of things in it that make it by eyesight useless. Mm -hmm. So the potter puts this useless piece of clay on the wheel. Now, this is a hard process for the potter. Yeah. Because the objective of this is to get this stubborn piece of clay to the center. Okay. Now, as he's putting this thing on the wheel and he's trying to center this clay, it takes some time, it takes some patience, and it takes some 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 water. <laughs> the clay begins to wobble. It begins to go left and right when he's trying to tell it to go straight. It begins to try to do its own thing. But the potter takes the time and molds this thing with one hand in the middle pushing and the other on the side smoothing. Yes. Come on. Isn't that like us? 
We come to God and we think in our minds we got this walk with God all figured out. We give our lives to him and he's trying to center us to a place where he can mold us. But we're so busy trying to do our own thing that we wobble on the wheel, that we go left when God is calling us to go right. We go left when God is saying go straight because we're so busy trying to fight the centering process because we think we got this thing together. The centering, the centering, the centering, the part that God uses to get the scars off of us. So that we can really mean I don't look like what I've been through. So that when I have a testimony, people are shocked because I don't have the scars to prove the fires that I've been through. Hallelujah. Because I've been centered in God. Yes. I've been centered. I've been centered. But even in the centering process, even in the process of me trying to get in the middle of the will, there's still no opening for God to work. Glory. So God then has to go through, the, the part of then has to go through an opening process. In this process, this is the part that we really don't like. We really run from this part. Uh, we really try to avoid this part. The opening process this is the part where the lump now has to have a hole so we can hold something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is the part now where the potter has finally gotten you centered, finally gotten you obedient enough. You finally fell enough off the wheel to say, God, have your way. Come on. To now, God, open me up. Yes. So that you can eventually pour into me. Yes. In this opening process, the potter now has to push his hand into the middle of the clay. Come on. And while he's pushing, the wheel is spinning. Yes. While he's pushing, one hand is guiding the clay to make sure you stay in the center. Glory. But that right hand is just pushing yes. through the center. Come on. That right hand is making a way for God yes. to pull. He's making room. He's making availability. Hallelujah. He's pushing out bad relationships. Yeah. He, he's pushing yeah. out broken hearts. He's pushing out child abuse. He's pushing yeah. out sexual molestation. He's pushing out all the things that we try to hold in and feel like, God, if you can work around this, yeah. then I'll be okay. But God, just don't touch this. Yeah. He's pushing. Yeah, yeah, he's pushing. He's pushing. And in that pushing, it becomes uncomfortable. In that pushing, I don't know if I like this part, God. I don't know if I'm really ready to be saved. God, I don't I, I don't know if I'm really ready to do what you call me to do. God, you're pushing just a little bit too too hard. Yeah. I know I'm not the only one that's had that conversation with God before. God, okay, you're pushing a little bit too hard. Okay, I said I would do it, but now you're pushing a little bit too hard. But this is the process where we have to trust God. Trust the process. Yes, hallelujah. Trust that what he's opening, he's going to fit. Yes. 
open, exposed, and vulnerable, and not fail me eventually. Glory. Trusting the opening process. Hallelujah. Then after the potter opens, he shapes. Mm -hmm. <laughs> he shapes. And this is the part where relationship is really defined. I found it interesting when I was listening to one of the sculptors talking about their craft and the things that they make. They said the shaping process is really the process and the point where the relationship begins to be defined. Mm -hmm. Because you trusted me enough to push. You trusted me enough to open you up. Hallelujah. Now the relationship is built enough where you can trust me to shape you. Mm -hmm. The shaping process, it says, this is the step where you are molded into what God has for you to be. This is usually the part where people jump off the wheel mm -hmm. because you've been opened and you got a little bit of a shape and now you feel like you can do and be what you want to be because I feel like I've done enough, I've shed here. enough, yes. I've experienced enough, yes. so now I can go out and run tell that. Mm. Not realizing that you aren't anything without being fully shaped. Hallelujah. Now, I do, um, my mother's here, so I can't really say a lot of how much shopping I do. So I'm going to look this way and talk to you because she's saying that. <laughs> but I do some shopping, right? And I wouldn't be too apt to buy something that was half created. Mm. Now, if I went into a store and I saw a pot, and on the pot it says half done, I would not be too apt to purchase the pot. Right. I need something that I know within my mind, when I get it home, it's going to fulfill the, the expectation in which I thought it was going to be. Come on, I don't need water seeping out the sides. Yes. I don't need things falling off the bottom because the pot neglected to stay on the wheel long enough to get its full shape. Yes. This is the part where God is giving us our definition. This is the part where God is giving us our true identity yep. in him. Yep. This is the part where God begins to communicate and speak to us. And not just speak to us, but speak into us. Yes. To tell us exactly who we are. To tell us exactly what we're supposed to be. Oh, to give us that purpose and that plan for our lives. Yes. This is the part yeah. that we need to stay on the wheel for. Glory. When you jump off the wheel too soon, you begin to adapt to everything everybody is telling you you're supposed right. to be and not become who God has called you That's to be right. because you're a pot without shape. <laughs> you're an item with no use because you've never sat long enough to be molded. You've never sat still long enough to be molded. Then after, after, after the potter shapes, after the potter shapes, he, he restores. Mm -hmm. Now, it was interesting when I was studying this. I said, now he's going to shape and then restore? Mm -hmm. Like, that, to me, at that moment, but I'm not a potter. No, it's dirt. I don't like getting dirty. 
it's interesting that that came after. And when I was looking at it, it says, sometimes as the potter is working, something goes wrong. So you mean to tell me, after I've been through all of those steps, there's still room for error. There's still room for something to go wrong. And it says, it says, uh, 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 the pot was perfect one second, mm -hmm. but then the clay wobbles, yes. it warps, mm -hmm. it falls off, yes. it tumbles over, Come on. and it messes up. And sometimes this happens because you're pulled too much, yeah. stretched too thin, wow. or what the potter likes to call clay fatigue. Wow. It says, this may seem like a disaster to us. It may seem like, why would you go this far and fall? Why would you go through all of this with God? And fall off. But then it says, it's never a surprise to the potter. The potter is never thrown off when this happens. He simply lifts up the clay and brings it back to the station. He smooths it out. He restores it. Hallelujah. He restores it, Hallelujah. brings it back to what it was, yes. and begins the process all over. I got happy there because then I see me. I don't know about you, but I, never, I haven't always done this thing 100% right. I haven't always stayed on the wheel. I haven't always listened to what God said. I haven't always done it the way God told me to do it. I've messed up. I mess up. I fall off. But thanks be to God. We have a potter that puts us right back on what we Thank you, God, that you did not just stop at the shaping. You didn't just stop at the pushing, but God, you made an incision. You saw fit to restore me even after I said yes. Even, even after I said, God, I will do it your way. Even after I said, God, have your way. God, you made it a place in your walk with me to restore. After you shaped me. After he shapes us. After he makes us. He made an outclaws just in case. Just in case. Because he's built relationship with us. That he knew that we would fall. So in the falling process, there is restoration. There's restoration. There's restoration. And then after he restores, after he restores, it goes through a process of transforming. This right here is probably the part that many of us dread, <laughs> that many of us don't like. But this is the process and the part where the potter puts the clay into the fire. 
And I was breathing, and I said, why would they call this transforming? Come on. It's hot. They should have called this part hot. Yes. It says that they placed the clay in a blazing furnace. I had some cousins that was in the furnace. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Talk about the cousins. Talk about the cousins. I have some cousins that were in the furnace. Yes. And it says that the fire is unbearingly hot. It says it heats up to about 1,000 degrees Fahrenheit. Wow. The fire is hotter than hot. It's dangerously hot. But this is the part. But after the fire, somebody say after the fire. After, after the fire. fire. After the fire, the clay is lighter. Jesus. It's stronger. Oh and it can withstand a lot more than it did before it went into the fire. Yeah, 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 yeah. Mm -hmm. This says all prior steps meant nothing if it did not go into the fire. When I was looking at it, clay by itself can't hold water. That's right. Until it goes through the fire. Right. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. So this let me know that my purpose isn't my purpose until I go through the fire. I'm not who I'm supposed to be until I've gone through the fire. I can't walk in my call, I can't begin to look like what God's purposed me to be until I go through the fire. We have so many people heavy in ministry because they never went through the fire. They're not as light as they're supposed to be because they never went through the fire. You preaching with me, keep preaching with me. You might get out of here before in the fire is what makes us who we are. Yes. Now we can get excited because we understand that the fire has a purpose, but if you're anything like me, mm -hmm. the fire don't feel good. Come on, no one The fire brings up stuff that the, that the first process couldn't bring up. Yeah. What are you doing when God calls you to preach yeah. in the fire? Yeah. 
I'm shedding, I'm praying for my sisters. While I'm shedding, I'm raising my family. While I'm shedding, I'm trying to keep my kids from going crazy. While I'm shedding, I still have work to do in the fire. In the fire. In the fire. What do you do when God calls you to go into the fire? When you knew God, I was not ordained for this fire. You didn't tell me in the beginning. In my 13 weeks when I did my introduction to salvation, nobody said nothing about a fire. Only thing they said was come. They didn't tell me that I had to go through the fire. They didn't tell me that you were going to remake me. They didn't tell me that things were going to be like this. All they told me was come. salvation things happen you come out the fire mm -hmm. and you fall That's right. so the potter has this process called repairing it says in this process this is where the potter fixes accidents okay and sometimes a corner may break. Mm -hmm. Sometimes a piece may chip. Okay. So the potter has this glue called repairing glue. Come on. And he repairs the break. But the wonderful thing about this glue is, after it's glued in that section, mm -hmm. it's harder to break that piece again because it's been Repair. I don't know about you. Come on. But there's some portions and pieces of me that's harder to break 
Because it's been broken before. And God repairs. So no matter what you do to that peace, that peace ain't breaking. And this is the part in our walk that sometimes we get discouraged because you feel like I've gone through all of this stuff. I've been through the fire. And I'm still being broken. God, I must be doing something wrong. Hallelujah. But God says this is the portion that makes you unbreakable. That makes you unpenetrable. That makes you be able to sustain and stand up against the things in this life. Because after you've been broken here, you won't be broken again. You can't be broken in this area again. So this isn't the portion where we need to run away and turn our backs on God. This is the portion where, God, I need you to fix me and fix me fast. Because I understand now that I have work to do. So, God, I've been broken. Now make me right. God, I've been damaged. Now put me back together again. God, I've made some mistakes. Now fix me and push me back on my path. God, it's too late for me to go back to clay. But God, as I am right now, Yes. And I came out and I fell. Right. So you're telling me, God, yes. 
If you know it all, God, and you can do all things, why can't you fix me without putting me back in the fire? This is the place where God speaks and he says, I'm putting you back into this fire. Not because I can't do it without it, but so that you can appreciate the process with it. If I put you and just put you on the shelf without the second fire, you think you did it yourself. You think that you arrived by yourself. You think you became this base all by yourself. If I don't put you through the fire again. This is the process where you have to trust God. This is the process where we all mostly live in a lot of times. We come out the fire so God can push us right back into the fire. We come out the fire and go right back in because there's constantly something God is trying to rid us from. There's constantly something God is trying to change us from. There's constantly something that God needs to get out of us. So he pushes us into the fire. But even after, I'm telling you, this process was amazing to me. Come on. That even after, even after, we've gone through all of these steps. And we've been obedient to God. We've been through the fire twice. God, I've been through this thing twice. Yes, yes. And usually in my twice, I should be good, right? You would think that after me going through this thing two times, all right, we're good. Not fire again. We come out that fire, beautiful. A wonderful workmanship of God. Crafted with purpose. Crafted with a plan. We come out, and sometimes, sometimes, we shatter. The potter, one of the ladies that I was watching, she says there have been times where I've taken stuff out the fire, and my grip wasn't good enough, so it shattered. She says, so I'm sitting there and I'm looking at hundreds and hundreds of pieces that's been through this process. I can't return it as back to clay. So I have to make it into something. This is where we get mosaic pieces. This is where we get the pieces that are taped and uh, glued together and crafted together to make something that we still think it's beautiful. Not realizing that that was an accident that had to become something of use. I preach so good right there, I can run down and run back to Connecticut and come back. I don't know about you, but then you are looking at a mosaic piece. To some, I look like a vase, but between me and God, I am a mosaic piece. I've been through the fire, yeah. I've been through the process, yeah. I've come out 
doing with us today. God is telling us to not be discouraged in the process. Don't give up in your process. Don't give up in your time. Because even in your falling, even in your shattering, even in you feeling like you completely missed the mark, God says, I pick up all the pieces. I put it on the table. And I've put you back together again. Trust me enough to know that you're never too far away from me. That I can't make you into something. You're never too messed up where I can't make you into something of you. Just trust the process. Trust that while I'm in this fight, that I'm going to come out as something that God has ordained and called me to be. In the fight. In the fire. In the fire, I find my purpose. In the fire, I find out who I really am. In the fire is my isolated time. In the fire. I've come too far to give up now. I can't go back to what I used to be. I can't be what I used to be. I can only be what God is making me to be.
just have to hold on to the process. Hold on in the process. Don't give up. Don't grow weary. Don't think that you missed the mark. God says your process is producing your purpose.
in the fire. In the fire. In the fire. In the fire. One of the songs, and I'm done. One of the songs that I've been playing is that Fantasia song. I love hearing kids, because I'm, I'm used to kids. So that's a beautiful thing. Is that Fantasia song, It's Necessary. Yes, yes God, okay. thank you, Lord, yes. And in that, I think I wrote down some of the words. Uh, in that song, it says, I am who I am today. Because God used my mistakes. Mm -hmm. He worked for my good like no one else ever could. Mm -hmm. And it says, God said yes. it was necessary. Mm -hmm. It was necessary. Yes, yes, yes. I didn't trip into the fire. Man. I didn't mistakenly fall. Into this thing. Come on, preacher. But God knew yes, he did. the necessity yes. of the fire for our lives. He knew that if we did not go through this, that life would consume us. Because if the truth be told, in our lives, there are always two fires raging. There's the fire of God to consume us and make us right. Yes. But there is the fire and the call of this world mm -hmm. to find the easy out. Yes. To find the easy quick solution. Say that, preacher. Some of these things are medication. Some of these things are drugs. Some of these things is alcohol. Some of these things are bad relationships. Some of these things are just our own thoughts. But there are always something that's trying to pull us into another fight. But God said today, today make your decision. Who you're going to burn for? Make your decision. Who are you going to allow to consume you? Yes. Are you going to allow the consuming fire of God to burn in your life? Or are you going to be consumed by the things of this world? But God says something. Something. Something is going to consume. That's right. Yes. Something is going to pull you in. That's right. And spit you out. Mm. Something. Yes. So today. This one, this ending part, trust me, this is a whole different direction. I don't know who and where I'm going, but God has your way. Understand that this process is necessary for your life. Mm -hmm. 
understand that you did not mess up. You didn't miss the mark. You're not off course. You're just simply going through your process. And the church does us an injustice sometimes. Because we don't explain process enough. Come on, preacher. We preach the blessings of God. Yes. God's going to get you a house. Yes. He's going to yes. get you a car. Yes. He's going to get you all of these things. Yes. Not realizing that you still have to go through the fire. That's right. You can have your new house. Mm -hmm. You can have your new cars. Yes. You can have all of these wonderful things and still be of no use to God. But the moment you say, God, have your way. The moment you understand that, God, I have to go through this process. Is the moment that God can begin to use you and your new God. But you have to go through this process. You have to experience God in the fire. Hallelujah. Glory. You have to experience God in the fire. Yes. Because experiencing God outside of the fire is only a superficial relationship. It keeps you at surface level. There's very little depth to your relationship if you've never experienced God in the fire. And the wonderful thing about the fire is after you come out, after you've come out, there's no trace of fire. There's no evidence of fire. But there is a glory that reigns and rests on you that lets the enemy know, I can't mess with this one. Because she's been through the fire. Yeah. I'd love to sit down and talk to Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and ask them how they felt after they came out the fire. What was your walk like with God after you've come out the fire? I'm pretty sure they would have a great testimony about how good God is, but also about how other people treated them after they see them go in the fire. There's a different relationship yes. with someone that's been in the fire and come out. Yes. There's a different walk with someone that's been in the fire and come out. Hallelujah. I'll close on this. I love studying. Jewish religion, because whether we want to be honest enough or not, you know, Jesus was a Jew. That's right. And in order to understand Jesus, you need to understand Jews. That's right. Come on. And when I study the Jewish religion, there's a process that they call dabbing. And they do this while they pray. And they stand and they pray. They rock. 
while they pray, they rock. And they do this as a symbol of the fire at the brazen altar. To them, this is their cry to God of a fire that never goes out. So God, even after I've been through my process, still allow a little fire to burn in me. That as I walk, there's something in me that dabbins and reminds me that I've been through the process. That I've been through the fire. That I've experienced God. That even in my worst situation, God, I can't give up. I can't give in. I can't throw in the towel because I'm burning within because I've been through my process. So God burn in me. Don't ever stop burning in me. And God allow the fire that's lit within me to ignite a fire in someone that's next to me. Allow my fire to be so strong within me, God, that it ignites a burning a candle that's decided to go out. Someone that thought they couldn't make it, God allow my fire to tilt over and ignite the fire in someone else. Because I've been through my process. Amen? Amen. Amen. Let us stand to our Most of us in here, we've gone through this process 
why we don't excel and move the way we're supposed to move in this walk because we're praying wrong. Pray for God to give you what he can produce. Ford isn't in heaven. Bank of America isn't in heaven. But your peace is. Your joy is. Your strength is. God gives what he produces. So when we learn how to pray for things, then God can give us the things. Let me give you the disclaimer today. There is no easy way in this world. If there was, I would have found it and capitalized on it. There is no shortcuts in salvation. You have to trust God enough. This is what your faith is. Trust God enough to walk me through my process. And even in this fire, God, you're going to make me what you called me to be. I will always be here. This isn't the end for me. But there's so much more. Because God, now, today, and never before, I'm submitting to your process. Yes, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I'll tell you like I tell my young people sometimes. If you don't mean it, don't say it. I'd rather you leave out not saying I do or yes to God than saying yes and being messed up because you decided to say yes. God has more respect for your I'm not ready yet than your faith yet. So what you want today, God says he will produce. Your healing, God says he will produce. Your peace, God says he is producing. Your joy. How many of us have allowed individuals to snatch our joy from us? God says he's giving you your joy. He's giving you your peace back today. 